This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Baby Lotion. It's lotion made out of babies. Why can't you stay? Come on, Patty. I can't beat it. I can't beat it. I'm sorry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the... <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And on today's episode of oh, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> we are discussing Manchester by the Sea, a, a very different uh, tone from, from the last El, El Royale. Yeah, uh, but a movie that I think is extremely powerful and very uh, just sad and i was yeah. like man I, I i never saw this film and this is my first time watching it oh really yeah yeah and i was extremely taken back and like i this movie just like kind of washed over me and i was just like oh my god like i thought it was fantastic uh you can have your your theory <laughs> your opinion but i don't give a but fuck. i don't give a fuck what you think uh but before we do all that mm-hmm. you give us the the rundown and then i'll give us the other rundown all right rundown time guys so manchester by the sea came out in 2016 Directed by Kenneth Lonergan. And I felt like this movie came out a lot longer ago. <laughs> you want to rephrase? I'll rephrase that. I felt like this movie came out a long time ago. <laughs> Better? I think a little. Not much. Came out different time periods than I thought. Uh, anyway. I thought this movie came out like maybe 2001, 2002. Oh, okay. And I don't know why, because I, I felt like I've I've heard this movie before, like, when I was a kid, and I was like, sad movie, no like, want action, yeah, me yeah. kid now. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, like, that kind of that kind of surprised me a little bit. Okay. But you only have, like, four main characters in this film. Mm-hmm. So you have Casey Affleck, who plays Lee Chandler. You have... Chandler. Yeah, Chandler. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> We're recommending Friends this episode. Oh, no, God, no. <laughs> so... Casey Affleck plays Lee Chandler. His brother, Joe Chandler, is played by Kyle Chandler, which (laughs) is very confusing. (laughs) You have Uh, Michelle Williams, who plays Randy, the ex-wife of Lee. And you have Lucas Hedges, who plays Patrick, the son of Joe Chandler. Right. And then you have Matthew Broderick in here, but he plays such a minor role that, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. Um, And... A heavy movie. Um, it is. It, it's uh, a very heavy movie. Yeah. So a, a film about uh, Lee, who whose brother dies, Joe dies, and basically what the what the entire premise is is Lee is now facing possible guardianship of Patrick mm-hmm. because Joe, in his will, left that he wants Lee to take take him on, and but never Lee, told him. yeah, it never gave him any rundown or anything, and Lee is kind of like a recovering alcoholic. Does you say that he's still drinking? Yeah, yeah, he's still drinking, but like he's definitely not like to the point where like he's getting belligerent every night. Like I definitely wouldn't into fights at bars. Yeah, but that's like at the end. End. (laughs) That's like Like, an every bar. No, no, no. But that's like way, way at the end. No, it's in the beginning too. I don't remember that. What do you like? Like right after he does all the plumbing stuff, he goes into the bar. Oh yeah, 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 and then gets into a fight. You're right, right. But I don't know. I wouldn't call him like a straight up alcoholic. I would just call him like a like a I used to be really bad, and now I only have three beers a day, opposed to 25, you know? <laughs> I chew gum, so it helps. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's basically what it's about. It's basically about him and Patrick, like, kind of just going on this journey of dealing with, with you know, with Joe's death. And, uh, and then dealing with 
each other and how like their relationship with one another and and all of that and i mean it's it's done in a way that again how i said earlier with the um in the el royale podcast where the dialogue in this movie and the way this movie is portrayed is very very realistic um and i think that's kind of like the reason as to why i like this movie so much Mm -hmm. was because it didn't feel like a movie it really felt like like you're watching these conversations and stuff happen and, and and it's like I almost feel it's like voyeurism where it's like you're in there with them. You're just kind of like eavesdropping on these conversations because the way that the dialogue is written is so just realistic. And like, like like specifically like when Joe dies and like, they're just standing at the hospital. It's like a, like a 10, 15 minute scene of them just figuring out like what to do, what to do. Like, what is the process of death? Like, okay, go down. You can see the body. Okay. Now what? Now we got to talk about like the funeral services, who takes care of that, like you know all of that and i was just like this is something that i wasn't expecting i honestly didn't again i never saw this movie and and this movie is not what i expected it to be i thought it was going to be a lot different but i'm happy that it is what what, that it it was what it is because again i really really enjoyed it i i enjoyed it too i mean i i have one issue with it and it stems just like with uh, Bad Times you at El Royale. You don't like Casey Affleck? No, no. I actually <laughs> loved Casey Affleck in this film. Like, I haven't seen Casey in anything else. But I oh, thought, okay. I thought he played a really, like, deep, like... Oh, man. Really... I want to talk about his acting. Yeah. yeah but. Really deep, really, like, invoking performance yeah. in this film. And I think he should get all the credit and not Ben Affleck <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I don't think Casey Affleck gets like a lot of like he enough res- he, recognition for like his body of work. Yeah, um, I've seen like um, his filmography, and he's only he's not in a lot. No, he's not in a lot. I think he's very selective with his roles. Um, but I think that the roles that he does that he does choose, he's very careful, and 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 I think that they end up always being like a good decision. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I like Casey Affleck as an actor. I think that he's that he's solid. Mm. Um. So, what did. didn't you like? I had another problem with uh, the non-linear storytelling. Oh, God. This one got way more confusing than Bad Times. So, the, yes. I agree. Be- be- especially the beginning part where you get where Lee gets the call that his brother is dead or is dying. Yeah. And he rushes to the hospital. And then you have it where he's grieving with his friend. And they're like, he's gone do you want to see him and then the next scene is them in the hospital with him just hanging out and i'm like is he dead or is he alive like did they misdiagnose yeah 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 yeah. i think uh (laughs) they misdiagnosed death (laughs) oh no he was just sleeping um i i i do agree but i think that there's something to be said about it on a positive note that that they didn't spoon feed you this I, i think that the director really was confident in the audience, you know, a lot of directors, a lot of movies, you know, so like you're saying st- I'm stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that, you know, in in a in an era of filmmaking where a lot of directors and a lot of studios are like, hey, we need exposition, mm-hmm. and we need we need to spoon feed the audience what's going on, so we make sure that everybody is on the same page. And this movie is like, no, we're not. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to rely that the audience is paying attention enough that, you know, it might be because I, too, was a little confused Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And then I realized for me, it was like, oh, okay, Casey Affleck, he looks slightly different. 
in the in the yeah. uh, in the in the flashbacks and then compared to like modern or like in you know real time so i was like okay now i'm i'm getting it now i understand like when we're in a flashback and when we're not but i also i was a little confused in the beginning too um but i don't know i i, I found it admirable that that he that he chose not to just like make it where like oh it's a it's a it's a flashback let's yeah. you know like in some movies where it's like where, woo, 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 yeah, it's or like well, up into the sky. well not even that more like like the camera like yeah. the, like there would be like a weird like hazy filter yes. over it or something like that and it's just like okay now we're in a flashback and now I know that we're in a flashback like this movie was just like no like I'm heavily relying that the audience is paying attention and will understand it but hey I think that if that's your biggest complaint about the movie that's not yeah no the worst for. Other than that, like I, I really enjoyed. This I was film. really invested, like so way like, more than I thought I was going to be. Patrick and Lee's like chemistry throughout the film, yeah, like really drew me in. And like I watched the trailer, and I kind of had like this feeling from the trailer that it was almost going to end on like a really good note. And like at the same time, too, it was more of just Patrick kind of is an asshole, and he's trying to find somebody to be the guardian for him, but like he's being stuck with him. Yeah, and that's not how this movie is at all. No, like, Patrick is actually like a really decent kid mm-hmm. who is just struggling with the fact that like his mom is out of the picture and his dad is dead, and he's trying to like go through life, and he has two girlfriends and a band Sick. and hockey. <laughs> yeah, right. Like fucking. My girlfriend was watching this with me. She was like, "What the fuck?" Fuck that first girl. Yeah, that I girl, didn't like her. That girl is a fucking prick. <laughs> like when they're talking about Star Trek and how it sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. I don't like Star Trek. Ooh, but, ah, Ooh. it's not my thing. I'm a Star Wars guy. Hot take with Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars? <laughs> Star Boy or Star Land? <laughs> so, and then when she's like. Are we really talking about this right now? And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Let them fucking talk about yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, it's like, well, the thing is, it's like, you know, they're at, at that point, it's like his dad just died. Yeah. And they're trying to, it's it's young kids who are trying not to be like super depressing and just like be sulking in sadness. And exactly. they're trying to have like, trying to go back to like a little bit of normality mm-hmm. when they're having a conversation and they're just trying to make like a couple jokes and just like lighten the mood a little bit. And she's just like, Nope, I, Nope, this isn't right. Let, yeah. Let's just sulk in the sadness. And then even, even Patrick is just like, I, I don't care. You guys can talk about like star Trek. It's totally fine with me. Cause Patrick has, you know, I, it's one of those situations where he's definitely upset. Everybody is, is, is upset, yeah. but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he was Joe was diagnosed with congestive heart failure, so it's like okay, the you know he was given ten five to ten years to live. So when you're given five ten years to live, the family you're never fully. I, I I've never had to deal with with like an a, a really close person's death, so mm. I don't know. But I would imagine that you're never fully prepared for somebody to die. But when you're giving when you're given a sentence and you say okay, you got five years, you can prepare to a point. Yeah, your family can prepare to a point where, like, they know that a like this is finite. Like, there is five years here. That's what we have together. So, I think that Patrick is at that point where he's sad. He he knows, you know, his dad is gone, and obviously that he loved his dad. Him and his dad had a very good relationship with one another. But, you know, so he's not like, like completely like in shambles. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's dealing with it how he's dealing with it, mm-hmm. and I don't think that. That, you know, he's not, like, crying on the floor, sobbing all the time. He's just, he knew that it was coming. So he's, a, you know, so he's all right. Yeah. He's not great. He's not good. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, like, he's dealing with it in his own way. And that's what I found, like, really powerful about it. Yeah. 
And then you get into like the whole backstory with like him and Randy. Dude, my god, man. Well, like, <sighs> well, yeah, that's Lee. Lee Lee's background with with Randy. I mean, it's sad. It's it's, it's the m- most It's more than sad. It's the most intense thing I've seen in a while in a film. And it's told and, in a way that I thought was very smart. Yeah, and I had my girlfriend Jess like watching it with me. Yeah. And I had my girlfriend Jess watching with me. Oh, really? As well. She mine was like I don't want to watch this anymore. It's it, it it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard to like just sit there and watch. So basically, we're going to get into it. So you get the backstory that Randy and Lee have two girls so and then a new before, baby. So before before we get into like the the kill, like, let's just talk about like their marriage because it seems to it's be not like great. Eh. It, they're Boston. Yeah, they're so, fucking Boston. <laughs> so, like, they're arguing, but they love each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, they exactly. That, that's pretty much exactly, like, how I would, like, picture it or, like, how, how you can explain it. It's, like, they, they're not, they're not like, super-duper, like, lovey-dovey with one another, but they definitely love each other. And they have a family together. Yes. And uh, you want to you wanna go ahead and tell yeah. it? Yeah. So, they have two daughters and a new baby boy. And... Obviously, again, it's brought up that Lee is a bit of a drunk. Yeah. So he goes on to explain the story to the police. Yeah. So basically, he's at a he 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 ends up like having a party at night with like a whole bunch of boys, and she, you know Randy's like, "Get the fuck out of my house! It's three o'clock in the morning. Like, leave." Yeah. So everybody eventually goes home. He walks to like a corner store that's like twenty minutes away to get he, more beer. To get more beer. And and he's walking back. He hears like some sirens and whatever. Doesn't really think anything of it. And he and he keep walk and he's walking and walking and walking. And then he he gets to his house and his house is just in flames. And Randy is the only one that was taken out of the house. And yeah. you hear her like screaming like my babies are in that house, and but nobody I- can get in there. Like the house is in like engulfed in flames. And as soon as I saw like. The, the fireman, like, holding back Randy and she's screaming. I was like, fuck, the yeah. kids didn't make it out. Yeah. And and then you get where he was then brought to the police station. Yes. And he's going to tell his story of, like, what happened. Yeah, and he tells the fact that, like, I was drinking and we can't put on the central heat because it dries out Randy's nose or whatever. And so I put a fire on the log, like... To, to warm up the house. So all the kids are upstairs. We have a bedroom downstairs. So I put the fire on. I went to the store for 20 minutes there and back. And I must have not left the cover on. And one of the logs rolled out and started a fire. And, it's and he killed so, his whole family. Yeah. And it's so rough because it's like after learning that everything makes sense as to like who he is. Because it's so hard to see him like go through anything really in life. Yeah. And... Man, like the powerful shot too, where it's like the cops are saying, "Dude, sorry, we got we can let you go." Like you, you, it's it's you not illegal to mistakenly leave something uncovered. Yeah, and he's like, "What?" Yeah, and then they let him go, and then as he's walking out of the precinct, he's he a cop passes him. Yeah, and he grabs the cop's gun and tries to shoot himself in the head. Yeah. And the gun doesn't go off because whatever. Yeah. Safety on. Maybe. Yeah, I guess the safety was probably on and 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 he and he like the way that it was filmed there's the way that it was filmed I there there's a point where I was like okay, I understand like that that was something that happened and it was very quick and then they cut to the next scene. 
and then there's a part of me that was like, I kind of wish that they stayed in that scene a little bit longer. Yeah. But I don't think it was necessary. I don't think so. Because you, it cuts to like the dad, you know, Lee's father. Where like he's wa- like standing back. And yeah. Like and he's like watching his son literally just try to blow his brains out in front of everybody because he just killed his entire family by accident. And I don't know, man. Like when I saw that. It was powerful. It, I, it was, was, it was, I was just like, whoa, whoa. Jaw dropped. And then, and like, you know, when, once you learn his backstory, it kind of like, I, I wouldn't say that it, it kind of justifies like the way that Lee is. Because yeah. in the beginning of the first, like whatever, maybe half hour of the movie, mm-hmm. Lee is kind of a dick. Yeah, a little and, bit. And you don't really like, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, why, why am I following a Lee character that I don't really like? Like, yeah. I, you know, he doesn't really have like much like likable traits about him. Exactly. But then you learn that his backstory and then you're like, oh. All right. This is why. This is why we're here. I understand now. And Lee is not a bad guy. No, he's just had a lot of shit happen to him. A lot of shit. And it's. I mean, the worst shit. Exactly. (laughs) And then his wife leaving him, Randy, and then finding out that now she's with somebody else and they're about to have a child. Yeah. And super fucking awkward because, like, she gets in contact with Lee. And says, like, hey, I really want to come to the funeral. Like, I, I kept in contact with yeah, Joe yeah, for yeah. a while. And I brought it up to Jess. I was like, I would not be comfortable if, like, because she wanted to bring her husband, fiance, whatever. Yeah. I was like, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Like, yeah, don't no. bring him. Like, there's no reason to. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, like, to be comfortable. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's, <laughs> it's my brother's funeral. Yeah. And you're my ex-wife. We don't even really talk. You're having a child. I don't want to see the guy that like had yeah, well, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like I guess it like it's one of those things where they had a life together. Exactly. Like a real real life. Like a family, marriage, kids, house, house whole the whole yards. thing. And then that happens and all of it's now gone mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like, how do you go forward from there? Exactly. Well, yeah. Like, the marriage can't continue. That's for sure. Jess told me. She was like, I would leave you. Exactly. And I, I, I was I like, would, I, I was like, yeah, I get it. But it was also an accident. Yeah. But it's like the worst accident that you could ever possibly do. It's, it's remember when we were talking about the strangers and, like, the whole thing of proposing and then saying no. And it's like, where do we go from here? Yeah, yeah. This is dialed up to 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, where do you go from there? And... You know, again, I think that this movie just does a really, really good job of, like, sitting with these characters and making it very realistic. Like, that is, again, like, my my biggest praise for this movie was how just realistic. And, you know, like, there's a lot of tension in this movie that is being, like, like, look, there are so many moments in this film where I think Lee should have lost his shit. And he kept it. Cool. And he kept, and you could tell that it's like boiling, boiling and boiling and boiling. Well, that's why, like, when he punches the window, I think that was yeah. kind of like the breaking. Yeah, point. yeah, and and it leads eventually to like a like where like an eruption. But for the most of the movie, I mean, like Patrick is not a bad kid, but he's definitely got like you know a lot of baggage. Uh, like, well, not, well it's just, he's no. a young kid, and he's just like, like, hey, can you bring me here? Can you break? Can you take me there? We're gonna go to this. Drive me here. Drive me there. Drive yeah. me here. Drive me there. And he, and like, 
And Lee's just like, okay, sure, yeah. And like you, like you know, you can sense like the hesitance where he's just like he wants to be like, like scream like no at him. Yeah. But he just does it, and he and he, and he just fucking like eats his like eats it. And you know, uh, I just thought that that was like, you know, I was feeling very tense. I was waiting. I I was waiting to explode myself because I was like, <laughs> I, I need Patrick, leave me the fuck I alone. need a release here. Like there needs to be a release. And eventually you get that release, but um. You know, like, it takes a very, very long time to get to that point where you're just like, all right, like, yeah. oh, all right, we finally, like, let some, like, like steam out, like, you know, for the first time. And that's why, like, one of the last points where I was like, Jesus Christ, like, he's going to snap was after the funeral and he asked him for money for, like, the ice cream. Yeah. And Lee ends up finding, uh, like, a, a tennis ball. ball yeah. yeah. And they're just walking together, like, bouncing it. And I think that was, like, a really nice moment where, at that point... You learn the whole movie Lee's trying to find like a way to to have everything work out with Patrick. At first he was like, You're gonna come to move with me in Boston. Yeah. And then he was like, Okay, well what we're gonna do is you're gonna finish out school, stay here in Manchester, and then we're gonna move to Boston. Yeah. And then by the end you find out that they signed the papers where the one friend is gonna take legal guardian over Patrick. Yeah. And Lee is just going to try and find, like, a place nearby with a second bedroom so in case Patrick wants to stay over or something. Yeah. And I think that was kind of, like, a gut punch to the film where it was almost like you're setting up for a happy ending where Lee could move here and then they could just start a life together. Yeah. But they don't go that route. No, and it's very realistic because you don't always get that cookie-cutter happy ending in life. And sometimes you get, like, a shitty hand dealt yeah and that's exactly what happened but then that like when they're playing with the ball and like passing it to each other Mm -hmm. it's a nice moment and then right afterwards the ending when they're on the boat fishing together yeah i think that's kind of like the release where they've bonded that's kind of like their whole that's kind of like their entire relationship like like between joe and lee and patrick like that's where like they're that's like their memories. That yeah. is everything that, that, you know, they have together. And that's just like, you know, on the weekends or whatever it was, like they would go out on the boat and just like, that's just like what they love to do. So I thought that like having them on the boat together, it wasn't like sappy. It wasn't like overly sentimental. It was just them two guys sitting on the boat fishing. No, like no words being exchanged. And that was it. Yeah. Um, before we like finish this off, one thing I want to discuss is, you know, the band Sten. No, um, they suck. Stentorian. Uh, they were awful. <laughs> I believe in them. <laughs> um, you have a tattoo <laughs> on your chest. Stentorian now. <laughs> forever. Um, no, one thing that I really want to talk about was uh, another kind of like real, like just notch, I guess, on the belt of realism was how they how they speak about they can't bury Joe. Yeah. Because they're in Boston. It's the middle of winter. The yeah. ground is too cold. We we literally can't bury him, and they're like, okay, so what do we do with him? They're just like, well, we leave him in a freezer until like the ground thaws out after winter, and then that's it. And then I thought it led to a really good point where Patrick is he he goes downstairs and he opens up the freezer, and like all the like the meat falls yes. out, and Patrick starts having like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Because he immediately he starts grabbing his chest, and I'm like, oh my god! Now he's got like congestive heart, like it's like a yeah. you know like a hereditary thing, and and uh, it's that's not where it goes, and I'm happy that it didn't go there. Exactly. But 
um, you know, him having the panic attack like is small, very real. Yeah, yeah, very realistic. Like the and small in the moments of uh, of like comedy. Yeah, where like fucking Lee just like kicks the door down, like when he's like in his yeah. bedroom and he kicks the door down and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I just wanted to see if you were all right." <laughs> like, and it, so like like things like that. There are like little like mm. little bits of comedy in there, but they're not like you know like stupid. Yeah, like afterwards too, when they're discussing like, "Hey, we can't bury him until the spring because the ground's too hard." Yeah, and like they get in the car and it's like, "Put the fucking AC on or the heat on." Yeah. It's like the heat is on. It's like God, we could fucking keep him in here. It's so cold. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah they, there is there, like there's some the, dark comedy. I, you to know, it. you know what it is though. I think you know. Um, so a podcast that I listen to a lot is Joe Rogan. Yeah, and Rogan talks because Rogan, I guess, grew up in Boston for a good amount of years or whatever it was, or he at least like moved there. And he was there for a, a good while, and Rogan speaks about how like the the coldness of Boston mm-hmm. really it hardens people. It it, it changes like people's personalities and it makes them just they're they're just different like there's you know somebody who like people who live in california are very different from people who live in new york and yeah absolutely because new york is i mean in uh california it's just you know not 85 degrees every day and always sunny and new york it's like oh no we deal with like you know shit weather yeah so like we have just a different mentality and i think that that really like goes along with the way that Patrick and Lee and all of them deal with the death of Joe, because I think that like these harsh winters and stuff like that really just, they, they have this just like abrasiveness to them Mm -hmm. where they're not like overly sentimental and they, they, they make like dark jokes and stuff like that. And I think that just kind of like plays into it. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I wouldn't write, I would say that Manchester by the sea is like a movie that you pretty much, only have to watch once and like i I don't really yeah i don't think that this movie not that and i don't mean this in a bad way i just don't feel like there's a lot of rewatchability because i don't know it's just like do you really want to be in that mindset like you're like oh i want to watch a good movie let's get fucking depressed for for two hours yeah it's a two hour and 17 minute movie you know what also was two hours and 17 minutes my birth bad times at the el royale (laughs) oh really it was the exact same time time frames look at that um so, yeah, but I do think that it's worth watching one time, and mm. I do think that, you know, again, oh, something that, uh, sorry, just one last thing was oh, Casey, Casey Affleck's, so off point Casey Affleck's acting. Yes, very, um, very well done. I thought it was great because um, he, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I'm acting, I'm, I'm supposed to be sad. No, it was very just like low-key and very just like realistic, and very, I don't know. I, I very thought, Boston. Yeah, very Boston. The whole movie is very um, Boston, but... That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, I kind of already did my recommendation. Uh, Joe, Joe Rogan experience. I'm not sure if you actually ever listen to Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan is, if you don't, if you haven't listened to Joe Rogan, or at least like heard like a clip or something, like you're living under a rock because mm-hmm. he's got literally the the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. Um. And you know, I think Joe Rogan has like a good multitude of people that he brings on, whether it's comedians or scientists and authors and writers, like stuff like that. Like he's got like a really, really good mixed bag of people, like musicians. Like there's just so many people that he brings on. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Joe Rogan says. And I'll be honest, I don't go to Joe Rogan's podcast. I listen to Joe Rogan. I go to Joe Rogan's podcast. I'll listen to his guests mm-hmm. because he always has really, really interesting guests. Um, so I highly recommend Joe Rogan's experience. I think that it's, again, it's probably something that like everybody already knows about, but it's still just like 
especially like in like these weird times. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan, the, the Joe Rogan experience is always a, a good time, uh, and that's it. And uh, if you didn't know, he's from Fear Factor. Yeah, if you don't know, Joe Rogan's the guy from Fear Factor. Yeah. Um, Zach, what movie are we doing next? Or are we not doing a movie? We're are not we doing, doing a movie, Frank. We're doing a character, doing a character study. study. We're doing a, a two for two double pack. Ooh. So I want to do a character study on Tom and Winslow from The Lighthouse. Okay. Uh, I will not be joining that one. All right. <laughs> I will be on my own for that one. So, Frank, what did you think? Well, I thought everybody My name's Frank. I'm stupid. <laughs> my name's Frank. I have a tiny penis. <laughs> oh, Frank, don't say that about yourself. <laughs> Zach, you should just do this all by yourself. Oh, Frank, that's so kind of you to say. I knew you would agree with me on that. <laughs> uh, and that's it. So... Great. Character study next. I'm very excited. Cool. Yeah. Um, Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, do you want to be his guardian?